you shouldn't project that the cap rate will be the same or definitely not lower when you sell. If it is, then bravo, you've just nailed your investment plan. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We got follow along Friday today. I'm with Theo Hicks. Theo, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing amazing, Joe. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing amazing. And I'm also equally glad that you're glad to be here. So we got some listener questions we've got some updates and we got to get going. So how should we approach it? So this question came in from a couple of people over a period of time and we wanted to address it. It's about cap rates. And the question the listeners asked is basically, why do you look at cap rates when apartment investing? But for our conversation today, we're going to answer the question, how important are cap rates when investing in apartments? And is it the most important thing? Or is there other things that we should be focusing on instead? So I'll just throw that out there and let you answer that question, Joe. I was a keynote speaker at the Philadelphia conference that Dave Van Horn put together. Tremendous conference. I've mentioned it before on the show. Highly recommend going to it next year in Philadelphia, assuming that he has it next year, which I think he will. And I addressed this question in my keynote. So if you went to that conference in Philadelphia, then just fast forward to the next topic we talk about. But if you did not go to that conference and you didn't hear this, then it's beneficial, especially for apartment investors. The question I get decently often from accredited investors who are looking at our deals or who are talking to me prior to me sharing a deal with them, and they're just wondering about the type of deals we buy, is about cap rates. They ask, what cap rate are you buying the property at or what cap rate that you typically buy a property at? And that is a question and it is a relevant question, but it is not the most relevant question. The most relevant question is what is your business plan and team that you have in place to execute the business plan? And the reason why is because cap rates can be misleading. I was in New York City about a month ago visiting with investors and I had a happy hour with a bunch of my investors and had some dinners and met up with some friends. One of the things I did is I met up with an investor and he owns a hedge fund. So he's clearly, he's financially savvy. He owns the hedge fund. So he's 80 to I think 80 people on his team or at his company hired. And He told me about a group he invests with in Manhattan. 
they buy at two caps, two, a two cap. And at first he said, Joe, man, I was so sticker shock. I was thinking, how are you all buying these at two caps, but then generating healthy returns? And he said, so at first I was like, no way, no thank you. But then I looked at it and I saw the healthy returns. I was like, okay, how are they doing this exactly? And in their case, they focus on rent stabilized. Yes, rent stabilized. Is that the right term for New York? I can't remember. You know, Theo, where you can't raise the rent? Oh, um, no, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. And shame on me. I lived in New York City for 10 years and I'm forgetting the term right now. Basically, you can't raise the rent. Or you can raise it incrementally. Mm-hmm. I, I think it might be called rent stabilized. I can't, I can't remember. Anyway, they focus on those apartment buildings. And the reason why they focus on those, because it seems counterintuitive, you need to add value, but why focus on apartment building where you went to the market level? And the reason why they do that is they said there tends to be some shenanigans going on at those apartment buildings where the person who has the rent stabilized. Pretty sure that's what it's, it's rent control. Rent, sta- rent, rent control. Rent control. Thank you. I appreciate the Google search. Rent controlled apartment. In some cases, they will transfer that to someone else so that the apartment still stays in their name under the original person. But in reality, it's that original person no longer living there. Mm-hmm. So they have some sort of process. I think they do some electronic key card or something like that. I didn't really ask too many specifics about how they do the value add. The point is that they buy these two cap properties and they have a unique method. And my investor said they have three ways to add value. The other two are pretty much what we do. You renovate, increase the rent if it's non-rent controlled. But basically they're increasing value through methods of a business model and they have the, the team to execute the business plan. And they're buying at two caps, but then the cash flow is very healthy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ask him what the type of returns I should have, but I didn't. But he was happy with it. And again, he owns a hedge fund. So I figure they're going to be pretty good returns. That's a two cap property. And if we were just to look at the cap rate, then that's not the most relevant thing. When we do look at cap rates, I believe the relevant things to look at is one, what's the market at? So you want to make sure you're buying competitively and ideally you're buying better than what the market is, at least competitively, but really the money's made in these large apartment buildings with the business plan and the execution of the business plan. I believe with cap rates, you also want to conservatively project that Mm -hmm. the economy will be worse when you sell. Therefore the cap rate on your exit should be projected to be higher And that should be factored in into your project returns. You shouldn't project that the cap rate will be the same or definitely not lower when you sell. If it is, then bravo, you've just nailed your investment plan because you projected it to be worse, which is higher when you sell. But in reality, it's the same or lower. So great. You did a great job and you made a lot of money for your investors and you did too. So the... Question for, this is for passive accredited investors or passive investors, as well as general partners who are putting the deals together. The focus and the emphasis, in my opinion, should be on the team, the execution, the business plan, the qualifications of the team, 
the historical track record of the team to execute on a similar business plan that the subject property is projecting to do. And when we do that, that's where we add the ton of value. And that's where the money is made or lost, in my opinion. Certainly, if you don't buy it right, then that's a problem. But let's just assume you buy it competitively, but then you have a phenomenal team to implement the business plan. You can turn a 10 cap into a 7 or 8 cap on the financials and then sell it at a very good price later at maybe a you know two cap or something. Yeah, I think this is all great information, especially today, because when I scroll through bigger pockets forums or at my meetup I had last week, a common challenge people have is finding good deals or the cap rates are too low. I can't find cash flowing properties. And that obviously is important. You need to buy it at a good price and the numbers need to make sense. But you've got two investors looking at the same two-cap property in Manhattan. Most people look at that and be like, oh, that's just too low. I, I can't make that work. Whereas this individual you're talking about was creative and kind of had one additional strategy on top of what everyone else would do. And he can make those two-cap properties work. And if you're able to do that and identify ways to make those lower cap rate properties work, I would imagine that your competition would be a little bit lower because people will automatically see, again, I keep going back to this two cap example. They see that and they wouldn't even look at it at all. They'd be like, God, nah, I'm I'm not doing that. So for the people that, as you mentioned, have a extra way to add value, if they have a, a better team than someone else that has those strategies themselves and things like that, they can make deals work that other people wouldn't even touch. Just imagine you buy a two cap property in Manhattan you add the value and then you sell at a two and a half cap after you add all that value. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And there are investors who buy at a two and a half cap or two cap just to get a stake of New York city and hold on to a long run, just cross their fingers, hope it appreciates, which it probably will. So you can buy at a low cap rate, add the value And then if cap rates stay around that range, you can destroy it. You can just do very, very well. And conversely, you buy at a seven or eight cap and you don't have the right business plan. Well, who cares what cap rate you bought it at? Because you didn't execute business plan and the property is worth about the same that you bought it for, unless the cap rates just completely decrease and you just get lucky. So the number one question in my opinion, is the business plan and the team. And then the second, sure, the third really would be the cap rate, I guess. Maybe the second would be on the market. So I'd say the business plan, the team, and then the market, and then the cap rates kind of tie into the market, I guess. I also want to give credit to Brian Burke. My business partner, Frank, he created our underwriting process and our underwriting spreadsheet and or analyzer. So he's been doing this for eight, 10 years. So he was clearly aware of this approach, but I didn't consciously become aware of this approach initially until I interviewed Brian Burke. And I don't remember what episode that was, but if you just search Brian Burke, B-R-K-E, Joe Fairless, you'll hear that episode. I think I've interviewed him twice and it would be the first one. Grant can put the link in the Facebook thread for everyone to click. And then maybe, Grant, if you can put it in the show notes link too for when this episode goes live. 
that's a great interview to listen to. And mm-hmm. you know, Brian technically, well, not technically, he's a competitor of mine, but I don't care. I live in a world of abundance and he's a great guy and he gave some great information. So I want to reinforce what he said and promote him a little bit because it was an interesting conversation. So if you want to learn more about this and you want kind of a follow-up conversation, then listen to that interview. And Brian talks about why cap rates aren't the leading indicator of if a property or a project will be successful or not. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, but you haven't listened to it yet, Theo? I'll have to. (laughs) (laughs) Was that pre-Theo maybe? We'll say that was pre-Theo. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Just to wrap up, just to provide you guys with more resources for implementing the business plan properly, identifying value-add opportunities, make sure you guys go check out the blog. A blog post in particular that talks about value-add is uh, 27 ways to add value to apartment communities. So 27 ways that you could have a competitive business plan if you find a property with a low cap rate. And then in regards to building a team, we've got 22 blog posts as of this moment on identifying credible, experienced team members. And then in regards to finding the right market, we've got the market evaluation category. So just make sure you check out that. We've got a lot of resources to kind of, that you can use to piggyback on this conversation. And where do they go to check those out? That's just the besteverblog.com. The besteverblog.com. Besteverblog.com was taken, by the way. That's why I couldn't get that. The <laughs> besteverblog.com. It's, it's like the Ohio State. Too. Right, right, right. Yeah. Fantastic. So just transitioning into some updates from this previous week. I had my meetup last week. It went well. I had a full packed house. Everyone showed up, even though I had to change venues past minutes. People walked in and said, oh, I thought it was at this other venue and it came a little late. So that was <laughs> How many people? There were 13 people that came. Awesome. Uh, but half were return guests, half were new. That's what and, you want. Yep. And actually, one of the guys there used to live in Los Angeles and this Capric conversation kind of reminds me of, of him and I've to direct him to this podcast because one of the reasons he left California is because the cap rates were so low that he couldn't find good investment properties. So he came here to Tampa where they're a little bit higher, but he's interested in apartment syndications, but doesn't have the experience at the moment. And when we first met, he mentioned that he would kind of find deals and then send them to me just so I could take a look at him. And he sent my first batch of deals this morning. I'm looking forward to taking a deeper look at at those and who knows, maybe one of those will be my first deals down here in Tampa. Okay. So he's sending deals to you. Are you doing, you reviewing these out of the kindness of your heart or do you get some sort of stake in it? No. So these would actually be deals that we would syndicate. So he's bringing it to us and we would give him, we would be able to negotiate what we would do. We haven't really discussed that yet. We would syndicate. He's bringing, so you've got another partner. So basically he's a bird dog right now. Basically, yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. One of them's off market. The other ones are on market. One of them looked interesting, just kind of reading through what he said. So I'm looking forward to diving more into that. But then a quick update on my properties. Uh, we filled one of the vacancies, uh, one bedroom for 625 and the old rent was 580 It wasn't what we wanted to get exactly, but it still it was an increase of $55. The other unit is actually not rented yet. And we are considering lowering it to 610 and the lesson I've learned, this could just be specific to this experience, but you can demand a higher rent by increasing the rents on existing tenants, as opposed to bringing in brand new tenants and listing it on the market, just because on the one bedrooms that are basically renewed leases, 
we were getting six eighty five for those. But then when people left and we're bringing new people in, we've got six twenty five and now potentially six ten. So that's just something I learned. And the two people that left left because of the rent increases. So maybe you know that's obviously the the negative of it. But um, that's just something I just observed and thought it was thought was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And then finally, I'm going to a new mastermind meetup. It's just going to be three guys. I met one of them. He actually I met him through the podcast. Mostly everyone I meet down here is through this podcast. <laughs> That's um, awesome. I love is, to hear that. It is really cool. They all say like, hey, Theo, I saw you on Fall on Friday. I'm going to be in Tampa this week or I live in Tampa. So it is really cool. So I appreciate that, Joe. Um, uh, but it's going to be it's a property manager, a wholesaler, and a partner who are interested in apartments someday. So my outcome is just to meet some people down here and uh, have an extra layer of accountability to go there and tell them what I'm going to do and then go back again and tell them how successful I was at doing that as opposed to saying uh, I didn't do it because of some excuse. So you're doing a mastermind with those two people who you haven't met before? I met one of them. Okay, um, cool. And then he, and then he uh, actually, yeah, I met one of them and his business partner and then someone else in the area that he knows and invited to join and who agreed. Cool. Well, let us know how it goes. I just want to give a shout out to my brother who actually does not know that he helped me with this because he said something in passing that has changed my approach to exercise. I have two brothers. One of them is a lieutenant colonel in the army, and I was in town for a family thing, I don't know, about a month ago. He was there too. And he was talking to my aunt about his exercise routine. And he's casually said this. He said, yeah, four miles is a short run for me. So that's the minimum that I do. And I thought, dang, I've been doing like two to maybe three miles. Sometimes, no, not really one, two to three mile runs. And I used to do six in New York. I used to run from East Village to the East River down to South Street Seaport, think and then back up and it's like six miles round trip and now I'm doing like two to three and I didn't say anything to my brother but it registered and now I do minimum four miles runs which some best ever listeners were like dude you gotta still step up your game but what I needed to do is I would need to raise my standards and Tony Robbins talks about this a whole lot raising our standards we get what we must have and we get what we get based on our standards that we have for ourselves. So I simply raise my standards. So little things like that, seeking out others who are playing at a higher level in certain areas of our life and then raising our standards to their level can have big changes. I mean, I was looking at myself in the mirror today. I was like, you know what? I'm skinnier today. I'm skinnier. <laughs> I like it. So I just wanted to mention that. And it's a video that you can watch is just search Tony Robbins, raise your standards and he'll have a good video for you. Yep. I can't wait to go on a, on a run after this now. Um, <laughs> probably only going to be a mile though. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not four miles yet. That's a good anecdote. Well, all right, everyone just to finish off, make sure you guys go check out the best ever community on Facebook. It's bestevercommunity.com. Lots of great conversations and information posted to the site. And each week we post a question and based on that question, we create a blog post just because we think it's a great idea to get five, 10 active investors answer these important questions and then letting other people see how they perceive real estate investing 
For example, this week, the question is, how much money do you need to get started investing in real estate? So everyone go to the best ever community.com and answer that question and you'll be featured in the blog post. And I'm looking forward to reading some responses. My answer is zero dollars. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what other people say and how they answer that. My answer is zero dollars too. If you've read the story about the guy who went on Craigslist and had a paperclip and he ended up trading it eight different times or however many times and he ended up with a house in Alaska, I think (laughs) it's just being resourceful. You need zero dollars to get started in real estate. You just have to have a degree of resourcefulness that is higher than people who have money. Yeah. Which a lot of times, if you have no money, then you don't have that higher degree of resourcefulness than people who do have money because that's how they got money. But that's not always the case. I appreciate that introduction to the blog post about the paperclip to Alaska. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love reading that story. Hopefully you can find something that validates what I just said. I'm no, pretty I, sure. I, I've, I've, heard it, I've heard it before. So I, I know. Right. Well, it might be like an urban legend or something, but yeah. <laughs> and then make sure you guys go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. We really appreciate the feedback and the praise. And if you do, you will have the opportunity to be the review of the week, which we'll read live on the podcast or Facebook Live. Uh, this week, <laughs> the reviewer's name was Download Kilo, K-E-E-L-O. So I'm not sure if he's an like, artist or, or something, but their review title was, This podcast is filled with great info. And they said, as someone who's been in P-E-R-E, which I believe is private equity real estate, uh, doing multifamily for quite a while and now branching out on my own, I figured I'd start listening to podcasts and see what insights others might have that I don't yet have. And I have to say, Joe's podcast is actually one of the best I've found. It's full of great information and great interviews. It's a worthwhile listen for complete beginners all the way up to people who have invested at an institutional level with plenty of stuff in between. Give it a listen. Wow. I am honored to have a review by someone who has played at a high level with private equity and speaks highly of the show. Thank you for that comment and the review and taking time out of your day to do so. And for everyone else, would really appreciate if you do a review on iTunes, as I mentioned, every Friday. It will be helpful to attract quality guests and continue to do so. So thanks for that. And thank you for spending some time with us. I hope it was a valuable exchange of your time for information that can help you with your business and we'll have uh, great financial returns for you as a result of you spend some time with us. And we will talk to you tomorrow. And thanks a lot. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888.